The Ram Dama's Kingdom by Robert P. Fitton. Episode 15, McGee Finds the Red Metal. McGee stood in front of the window, the same window where he had first awoken in Potrero Grande. Now it was barred. He stared at the same snow-capped mountains, thinking about his dead friend. Although he tried to shed the guilt, he could not dismiss the fact that he had prodded Baker all the way. As he thought, Annie walked over and put her arms around his waist. I keep thinking about Baker, she said. McGee winced as he looked across the valley and turned toward her. What I'd give to be out of here right now, he confessed. You were thinking about him too. Yeah, about Bake. How he shouldn't have been involved in this whole thing. I know you think you pushed him, but he made the decision to go along. He wanted the red medal, just like we still do. I just can't believe he's dead. Dead, he said, frowning with great emotion. Unbelievable. This whole place is unbelievable, she said, looking out. What about Hutchinson? I can't figure that out. And why they set us free from these games. Now they've got us scrubbing floors, painting, cleaning, and the Ram Dama. We haven't seen him in days. It must have been part of his higher level thing. Before you know it, McGee, we will have graduated and be spending all day meditating. Something to look forward to, Annie, he said, pointing. They turned as the walnut doors opened. Three enforcers walked into the room. Just their presence meant another day's work at Potrero Grande was about to begin. What fine things have you got planned for us today? asked Annie. Scaffolding has been set up on the dome, said the one with the gun. You and selected people will be assigned to clean and polish the dome. Selected, huh? smiled McGee. I'm glad we've acquired so many new job skills. No more remarks. You will move outside now. Even early in the morning, the sun heated up the area. McGee stood high atop the silver dome, balancing on the scaffolding with a long scrubber in his hand. At least 20 workers in his proximity were applying a chemical solution to the dome. Others would come along later, wiping it off with a dried solution and, and then buff the dome by hand. Admiring the view? asked Annie caustically as she scrubbed. I don't think they'll approve of your arresting. Good, I hope so. You don't think I'm still just a little ripped about all this? I can still see poor Bake trying to fight off. He stopped and looked around the dome. What's the matter? She asked, still scrubbing. But, she, but he didn't answer. McGee, will you please tell me what's wrong? Hutchinson. I just saw Hutchinson around the side. I'm going over to him. Maybe I can get some answers. Oh, I wouldn't chance it, she told him. But McGee moved along the scaffolding anyways, pretending to scrub it as he got closer and closer to the colonel. The enforcers, for the time being, were unaware of his movements. Hutchinson, however, saw him clearly, and he grew nervous. Colonel, whispered McGee, tell me what... You shouldn't be here, McGee. That's the understatement of the year. No, I mean, right here, right now, warned Hutchinson. Don't give me that. My best friend was just killed down in that stupid ring. You tell me what the hell's going on here. I, I really don't know. I've been drugged for weeks, admitted the colonel. The Ram Dama, I know he's involved with the SIA. He's the one who hijacked your ship. I know, I know. They, they told me the whole story. Well, most of it. Money's been pouring into the space program for years, but I don't know who else is involved. And all the tidbits aside, where's the red metal? I know one thing. It's not here, McGee. And just how do you know that? 
is a room on the floor with blue walls where all the visionaries are conducting business. The one with the computers, asked McGee, and, and Hutchinson nodded. I overheard them talking about it. It's all kinds of communications equipment. I heard one of the enforcers say the whole hijacking was directed from that room. How can we get up there? asked McGee. Hutchinson's eyes widened. <laughs> Are you mad? Think they catch us? I don't know about you, but I want to live. I'm willing to take the chance, replied McGee. Good for you, good for you, said Hutchinson as he started polishing again. I knew you wanted the money, McGee. But going after the red metal, that's the action of a damn fool. You listen to me, Hutchinson? You went so high and mighty when I brought you up to my apartment, risking my life with all these SIA men buzzing around my office. Suicide, McGee, it's suicide. The hell with suicide! We can get in there, just help me. Hutchinson kept polishing the silver. Then he looked up and stood. Just let me go on the record. I'm against the course of this action he said in a grisly tone. I'll help you, but only because you help me. McGee smiled. How do we get in there? Hutchinson pursed his lips and gazed around the dome. At the bottom, he whispered, there's a railing at the bottom of the dome. Yeah, I saw it when they brought us up here. Okay, see that enforcer over there? He asked as he pointed. McGee nodded his head. Down there, there's an opening. We can get inside from there. I've seen it done. Good, I'll be right back. Are you sure this is all worth it? Trust me, said McGee with a half grin. He inched his way across the dome and back to Annie. Hutchinson saw him talking to her for several seconds. She nodded as he explained his plan. The colonel kept working, and McGee moved back, stopping about halfway, and then he nodded to Annie. Someone fell. Someone fell off that dome. At once, she dropped her scrubber and rushed in the opposite direction. The enforcers, fearing reprisals for their own inefficiency, scrambled away from the railing and over to the near hysterical Annie. Where, 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 where did they fall? They grilled her. Down there, she said, pretending to cry. I saw something go right over the edge. Alert the ground and check the bottom area. Everyone else, return to your posts. And you, get back to work. We'll handle this. But what if, get back to work. McGee stood at the top of a very small stairway directly under the dome. From the inside, the rounded sphere was covered with stainless steel. Hutchinson was down below, trying to wave McGee down the other staircase to the next floor, but McGee was mesmerized by another stainless steel dome within the center of the larger dome. With Hutchinson growing frantic, McGee walked right up to it, wrapping on its edge. As he walked around it, he saw a triangular doorway with a narrow slit of glass. Inside was a shrine of some kind, another testimony to the Ram Dhamma. What's this, some kind of worship area? asked McGee as the colonel finally stomped over to him. It is the worship area, whispered the colonel as he grabbed McGee's arm. McGee stared at all the pews surrounding a stainless steel structure that looked like a giant raindrop. And of course the Ram Dhamma's image was plastered all over it. Look, McGee, said Hutchinson, you may not value your own life, all right, all right, he said, looking back. I'm coming, I'm coming. They hurried down the staircase, the staircase the Ram Dhamma had forbidden McGee to climb. The colonel peeked around the corner, and they tiptoed down the stairs very quickly. He had opened the door on the left. They stepped inside, and the door closed. McGee looked around the elaborate rows of computer consoles. In the center of the dimly lit room was a communications area. He followed Hutchinson over and looked at the colonel. 
<laughs> this is just too damned easy. Why isn't this place locked up? Just who's going to come down here? There are no threats from the outside, said Hutchinson. He twisted his face with great consternation. Something was bothering him. All right, all right, I see your point, said McGee as the colonel repeatedly scanned the room. Just relax, colonel, he said, activating the console. I'll figure out these frequencies in no time. All the frequencies used by the Ram Damar at Petrero Grande had been programmed into an automatic push-button readout. It was a matter of having the computer run through these frequencies in order to determine where and when they were used. Locations popped up on the screen at a rapid clip. Included were the worldwide temples, business contacts, political leaders, General Matthew B. Kellogg, and more names passed by. Then McGee looked at the colonel and his face froze the scan. Meta Trade Station Warehouse 14, Section 7. Ever heard of it, Colonel? No, I... There are storage areas all over the inner solar system. Seems kind of strange, said McGee, considering every communication point is on Earth. Sounds plausible, said Hutchinson, still looking over to the door. Computer, scan of warehouse listed on screen, ordered McGee, pushing another button. No corresponding reference, answered the computer. What? Begin a scan of all banks. Tell me, Colonel, do you think the Ram Dama took the red metal out for his own use, or do you think this is just another further funding of the agency? Suppose there's a payoff for both, he surmised. Can you get me the coordinates of those warehouses? Can you just assume that's where the red metal is being stored? Aren't you believing what you want to believe, McGee? The computer stopped its scan. Metatrade, station information listed as classified. Clearance for all communications. Believing what I wanted to believe, eh? Asked McGee. That red metal is in that warehouse, he said as he stood. I don't believe it. I know where the red metal is. Some good it's going to do you, said Hutchinson, looking at the door. Let's get out of here before they find us. It was so easy, said McGee, shutting down the computer. I have the information. And you're just going to fly up there and bring it back. Just like you thought you were just going to go down here. You're the biggest dreamer I've ever seen in my life. No wonder what. No wonder you get yourself into so much trouble. If I were you, McGee, I'd stay clear of all of this. You know more than you're saying, Colonel. You do know something. You know enough to tell you you're treading on thin ice, McGee. Why is it the red metal is so important to you? Do you really need it? You stick to your business and I'll stick to mine, said McGee as he walked across the room. McGee, said Hutchinson, moving over and holding his arm. Please, for your own sake, think of what you're doing. You can't possibly pull this off. Let go of my arm, said McGee as he pushed the button. I don't need your approval. The door opened and McGee stuck his head into the corridor. Very quickly, running ahead of Hutchinson, he made a mad dash for the upper staircase. But the enforcers had been alerted. They rounded the lower staircase and aimed their guns. McGee heard the shots echoing against the walls, and then he saw Hutchinson grab his side and fall down the stairs. More enforcers poured down the staircase. McGee was trapped. The Ram Damar appeared at the top of the lower stairway. Surrounded by a small army of enforcers, he moved into the corridor. He looked down at Hutchinson's body. He's dead, Majesty, said the enforcers, uh, said one of the enforcers as he looked at the colonel. Then dispose of the body at once, he ordered and looked up at McGee. Up to your old tricks, McGee, tapping the computers. I don't know what you're talking about, said McGee as the enforcers dragged Hutchinson down the corridor. Oh, is that right? I know you have the location of the red metal. 
You know how it was stolen by my enforcers? With the shielded help of the SIA. Kellogg. Yes, Kellogg. He brought the red metal to the, to the mega trade station. Unfortunately, that information will never be of any value to you. Don't you think I have security systems in that room? I took that chance. Yes, you seem to take your share of chances. Commendable. Perhaps I should enlist your help within the church. Oh, sure. Perhaps you'd like to open in Vegas. Your sense of humor has never amused me, Mr. McGee. You and Miss Sinclair will pay for your insolence. You will be brought back to your cages, where you may contemplate what you have learned. She's done nothing. Let her go out. Silence! Take him away. You, you, said McGee, struggling to break the grip of the enforcers. You killed my friend, and now you're torturing us, he cried as they pulled him down the stairs. If I could get my hands on you... Oh, poor Mr. McGee, so upset, said the Ram Dalmar as he smiled and moved closer to McGee. You might as well kill me, said McGee, because if I ever get the opportunity... So much knowledge, Mr. McGee, and nowhere to go. <laughs> McGee spit right in his face. The enforcers knocked him to the floor, and the leader of the worldwide church raised his hand in the air. His eyes were full of fury as the blue beam was emitted out of his palm, hitting McGee in the forehead as he fell to the floor. Send them both back to their cages. We will give them a night they will never forget. They lifted McGee under the armpits and pulled him down the corridor. As McGee had all the pieces of the puzzle, a puzzle he had created. But he and Annie would be locked away, paralyzed from taking any action. Join us again next week for another adventurous episode of the Ram Dama's Kingdom, Who Is He Who Commands the Masses? Produced by Fitton Theater of the Words. <laughs>